Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on the Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. And we're recording this on Monday, May 31st, the final day. It's it's Tuesday. It feels like a Monday, but it's Tuesday. <laughs> Rewind. Tuesday, right, because Monday was Memorial Day. Hi. It's a four-day week. <laughs> it's a four-day week. Uh, so, so far, so good. But no, we're recording this on May 31st. It's a Tuesday, and it's the last day of eligibility for Emmy voting. Mm-hmm. Or Emmy And uh, no, no surprise drop. The last-minute surprise nothing bo Here. burnham almost did it with his youtube uh of outtakes did you from... watch that no last i night? didn't no. it's an hour last long on one day <laughs> yeah it's an hour <laughs> it, long yeah that's a long time for outtakes i gotta say but you have enough time to watch stranger things twice yeah well i had the screener so stranger things stranger things rules but we're not talking about stranger things joyce we're talking about i think we've talked about stranger things enough the past like three weeks <laughs> we're talking about comedy and it was like and by say we i mean you yes <laughs> Uh, we're talking about comedy with the LOLs, Joyce, uh, once again, because it's a big week. It's the the finale of Hacks. We just had the finale last week of uh, of The Flight Attendant, which I know you enjoyed. Uh, and then As this week, you. It, was, it was amusing, but I have thoughts on Flight Attendant and Hacks also. Uh, finale of Hacks is this week and uh, a great episode of Barry this week that you said you had the, the stands nervous about, the Barry stands. I got... Um... A, a reply from someone when I just like tweeted on Sunday about like how great this episode is like the last 10 minutes amazing and Bill Hader needs to win the directing Emmy and then somebody said I got all the Barry stands like doubled over in pain and fear which is like very funny I mean the the ending I mean he's he's in a precarious situation at the end but like I'm still not like worried about him it's still just a very lol chasey amazing stuff there barry uh definitely yeah and and bill Hader for directing right like i feel like that's always a a thing i i watch the hack screeners joyce which i rarely i know that's someone like you i rarely do but i was just excited to watch the hack screeners because i felt like my take on hacks this season was that the first six episodes were a little meandering and incomplete and i wanted to see how the finale wrapped things up and boy oh boy was i satisfied the uh, last two episodes are amazing Definitely the best of the season, my take. They're really good. And I mean, I had the opposite take of you because I thought the season uh, from the beginning was great. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it always had momentum, with, like the tour and like every episode had a purpose. Um, and I was kind of worried that them doing two fewer episodes this season would kind of blunt that because it, it's it felt when I watched the first six screeners, it felt so abrupt that at the end it was just like, we're going to LA and we're going to like sell this as a show. And I was like, Oh, you only have two episodes left, but seven and eight 
are probably the two best episodes of the season. Absolutely. I, I would definitely agree. I, my, t- my, so I feel like very similar to me, you're going to laugh at it. I know you're not going to like it. It's a season two of Ted Lasso in that it, it took a, a great first season and then kind of meandered and didn't really know what to do. The difference is, whereas Ted Lasso stretched itself, I think to 12 they added episodes, two episodes and that was that. And one of them was not, the, not what you want. And the other one was like a Christmas special. Uh, and the whole season felt like it was eight episodes of content and 12 episodes of episodes. Hacks feels like it was, I don't know. It, the first six to me felt just like very rushed and abrupt. And then going back to LA, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then it just ends, but it's such a satisfying ending. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, I can't wait to see season three though. Also again, I would argue it could just be a series finale if they decide they don't want to do it anymore. The way it See, ends. You said that, but I, I understand, but I also disagree. Cause I, I think I texted you when I, cause I watched the screeners first yeah. and I told you that like, it was the finale was like Minx-esque. Yes. yes. They, also, they like do Minx. a lot in 30 minutes, just like Minx. Incredible. Um, but Minx, like their finale felt like it could double as a series finale or just a season finale. Um, so I don't agree that like hacks is, feels like finite whereas i think something like the flight attendants finale I, I absolutely i think the flight attendant which we'll talk about could easily be that could be the end i think hacks if it didn't come back would have a very satisfying end that said i do want to yes, see where yes. it goes and i would think i thought of this watching the final two is just the direct like talking about the directing the directing and everything about those last two episodes is so good it's just like so well done and like 30 minutes that feels like 10 minutes it just flew by the finale I feel like I think it's like I mean, 34 it, minutes it always flies by it's it like hacks minx and Barry. they do so much in 30 minutes and a lot of other shows can learn from them so, so I think that they can but also I think hacks had that problem early in the season I just didn't think the road trip stuff was like really compelling and it felt like a lot of like a lot of like stuff that I just already knew about them and like the relationships I also think that the more you show of this is maybe I, the more you show of Devers stand up, the less it's just not that funny. And it has that like studio 60 They didn't problem. really show that much of it though. They did a little, they showed her like on the cruise bombing and like yeah. a bunch of like montage jokes. And I was just like, none of this is that funny. And it's well, like, she was supposed to bomb on the, the cruise. And then they show like her stuff at, uh, in six when she has like the breakthrough moment. Right. But I guess I I, like they definitely showed more of her stand up in the first season, I feel like, or I haven't watched the first season. I haven't watched the first season in a while. And actually, I would suggest for people who are watching the finale this week to maybe go back and watch the first episode of the first season, or first couple of episodes, because a lot of the Ava stuff that is laid out in that first she, couple of episodes back in LA. comes home to roost. And if you're like, what is he, who are these people? Uh, you might like I was <laughs> and looking it up because I was like I obviously remembered some of the characters but I was like what was going on with that because it's been so long since we've like had that part of her life shown because she was in Las Vegas for so much of the first season and then obviously on the road this season that it was like oh that's interesting and I thought all of it paid off really well so I do think that hacks now I still have it winning even though I compared it to Ted Lasso season two I do think it is a lot like Ted Lasso season two I still think it'll end up winning best comedy series I have it predicted there and I think the finale or the last two episodes only makes it more certain because I have a hard time imagining even people who are mixed on the season would have a difficult time with the finale because it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. And both Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder are amazing. Like I've always felt like just like last season, Gene can submit anything. Gene can submit anything, yeah. but I think the stuff in the finale is uh, like the last three episodes really are unbelievable. Yeah. Like six, like when, when we had the first six screeners, I was like, six would be an amazing submission for her. 
Um, and like Seven, she's really good in, but that's more of an episode from Ava's point of view, like a lot of setup of Ava stuff. But the, the final episode, A is Jean, A plus, like no notes. Truly. And I actually think <laughs> Hannah Einbinder and Ava, I think Hannah could win. This Hannah could win over Hannah Waddingham. I, I think this stuff in six, seven, and eight, especially, I thought eight, she's amazing too, though. Yeah, she was really good. Hannah Einbinder. Um, and like really sells. So one of the things I found interesting watching, thinking about the first season is that she's so funny. And like, like I think I've said many times, like standing shoulder to shoulder with Gene Smart and not getting blown off the screen is like really impressive. But I think this season, there's a lot more like dramatic stuff that they have her try to do. And she really nails it. Not just like, so in the earlier episodes, definitely with like her dad's ashes, I think those scenes could be played like kind of smarmy or like, sarcastically and she plays it like very sincerely and like really sad and then later on in the finale I thought like she like killed it I just was like very impressed with her in the finale and I wonder if she could if there's a big hacks you know love fest I really think she could win yeah I think she can win too and um I can't wait until Thursday comes and then everyone starts complaining about category fraud with her again because like she's a co-lead I don't care. Definitely don't care. She a co-lead. Whatever she wants. I don't care. It's certainly a co-lead, especially because like you said, like so much of the last episode, last two episodes is like reestablishing Ava in LA. So it really does end up almost flipping the show slightly because like, it's more focused on like the dramatic stuff happening with Ava than it is with, with uh, Deborah. Yeah. Um, I like, I think it'll just keep them split like that, like forever for however long the show runs you know yeah uh, i mean I'm obviously i mean they're gonna keep them set like that because one is gene smart and then the other one is hannah einbinder that's mm-hmm. why basically right like, <laughs> like if hannah einbinder that's why they did it in the first place because no one knew who she was remember right. last year when we were like right. like i think we were pretty early on board the hannah einbinder train when people were still not predicting her yeah we yeah, were because we like could she get in because like no one knows who she is like she's a complete newbie absolutely we were we were very early adopters on her um mm-hmm. the other thing i would say is we talked about this briefly previously paul downs uh absolutely um, i believe i told you i just te- i texted you like seven would be his tape so i i have him in and i know <laughs> I it's think a i should add it hold on let me do and, this on my phone <laughs> and i also saw stuff like in early so i'll be curious like i said i'll be curious to see the reviews because they didn't send seven and eight to critics so most critics reviewed off six and a lot of the mm-hmm. reviews that were mixed that i would tend to agree with were like it ends up having a problem where the stuff that's not Ava and and Deborah related feels completely extraneous. So like that really focuses in on uh, uh, Carl Clements Hopkins's character. Uh, they brought Marcus, him on the road, <laughs> which doesn't work at all. And then they bring him on the road later, right, to replace like Laurie Metcalf, which doesn't really work. And I don't think his whole arc. It just felt like it felt like the main show was away from him, and they wanted to keep him on the show. And so like, how do you do that? And they kind of generate a little bit of a, a C plot with, with the character, but it doesn't totally work. Paul Downs, I think you could argue that too, but the stuff with Paul and is so funny and like just kills. And the way it resolves is really great. And he ends up being like the third lead of the show, I'd argue, right? Like, I mean, like he definitely, and the, you have he like a real- He is a very strong presence in the last two. And he has like a real emotional, like kind of evolution in an arc that's not yeah, just Yeah, and he jokes. also, is it- I guess it's in five this past week when like he and uh, Kayla had like the heart to heart, right? I think so. Yeah, it was in five, yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause six is Devin Sawa, so. Right. 
who deserves uh, no. the nomination themselves. Yeah, I really, um, really enjoyed yeah, and, that. Yeah, the stuff with um, Jimmy and Kayla is, is really good because I, I know like Kayla is a divisive character as well. And now I want to like predict next altar. <laughs> I almost could too. It's just very crowded and I'm still not convinced that like the multiple SNL people would get in, even though I don't believe any of them necessarily deserve it based on the buzz this season. But obviously like Kate McKinnon's final season of SNL will probably get her a nomination. But yeah, Meg, uh, Meg Stalter is uh, hilarious. And mm-hmm. that, that I, I felt like the similarities between Hacks and Flight Attendant Finales, I would say extends to the idea that there's a built-in spinoff possibility uh, for it, that they could just decide to do a ban in the series. <laughs> um, I mean, I would watch the Flight Attendant spinoff with Annie and Max. I would definitely watch Flight Attendant spinoff yeah. with Annie and Max. And I would definitely maybe watch a... a hack spinoff with uh with paul and and meg see like i don't know if they like can sustain like a whole series themselves the two of them like i feel like that's why they work so well on hacks because they come in and like those small doses right you know even though they have a lot more depth this season i'll give you another comp to hacks that i also felt like was and i felt like watching the offer a lot of uh, hacks here's here's the here's the take that will make you just like shake your head and say no Hacks is a prestige TV version of Entourage. Why? <laughs> Why? Just because it is very similar. Like, Deborah got the movie. You know, it's like, you know, it's going to work out and everything is going to be fine. There's not a lot of tension on that front. And it just reminds you of Entourage sometimes, certainly from the Hollywood setting as well. But obviously, How big I think an Entourage stand were you back in the office? I wasn't a stand, but I watched every episode. I could not tell you really much about anything beyond like the first few seasons did you watch the movie no i've never actually seen the movie i don't watch movies i don't watch the. i never watched the sex and city movies and i mistakenly oh, yeah, watched no, the, the sopranos movie you know i, I should I, not I, was, uh, I, I walked by that. when they were filming the sex and the city movie this is i guess back in 2007 because they were filming by the library the new york city library like the wedding scene when you know she like hits big and like gets out the limo and hits big. Right. I don't, that, that's the those photos and that scene from the trailer is all I see. And I, uh, I they stopped me because they were like setting up the shot, so I couldn't walk by it. So Maybe. that's that's my Sex in the City movie story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't love the HBO movies turning uh, shows turning into movies. I get why they. Yeah, do I don't. I don't just need do that. Another show. Like, like six seasons then a movie. No. So like you know when shows end, just end. I don't need anything else. I don't need a revival or a reboot or anything i would watch it i could watch a show but i'm like it's a show it's not a movie that don't stick keep out of movies we don't need a we don't need a you know movie. you know they're making feature length episodes now so that's fine totally fine with that it's a little tv show it could um, be a few on, hours a, on a stranger things note uh my friend told me yesterday that uh yesterday on monday that on sunday he and his friend watched like three episodes of stranger things and they were just like why is this so long so I just can't get enough. He, he said that to me and I told him, uh, you know, just brace yourself because episode nine coming July 1st is two and a half hours long or more than two and a half hours. And he's like, yeah, I'm not watching that. So love it. Yeah. Can't wait. It's better paced than, and then girls five Eva and hacks possibly the hacks finale redeemed itself, but stranger things in the two hours hacks has always episode. been well-paced. I, I don't, I don't know what okay. you're on that a 29 minute episode of hacks is slower for you than a 90 minute episode of stranger things stranger things cooks it's so good i love it so much uh but no so uh hacks joyce i think i think you can win multiple i think you can win gene and hannah i emmys 
And I hope um, all I mean, gets I've, I've had it in first the show and first this whole time. So yeah. I'm not moving it. No, I'm not going to move it either. And I think I, Paul won't, Paul Downs won't win, but I definitely think uh, he should get nominated. It's just such a great performance. And I mean, Hacks was strong enough last time to support uh, Carl Clements Hopkins nomination that no one really saw coming. And while it maybe is, you might think like, oh, then he'll just get nominated again. Like I said, I don't think Marcus has a lot to do. Uh, he got a very season. cute dog that almost died. Yeah, it's totally fine. He's not he's not bad. It's a great, he's still good, but it just is like he's the the meat of the supporting male characters are given basically to I think Paul Downs instead. Jim yeah, Lee, and I think like even do. when Marcus comes on the road with them, he's not in a lot of scenes. Like he it's like in that opening, the teaser, I think, and that the first of us when he's on the road when they're they're playing celebrity. And also right. the, the, the and then he does he has like the, the fair thing with Hannah. Right. The yeah. road stuff kind of ends too. Yeah. Like, and then quick. in the, the final two, he's just like there as support as mm-hmm. they're pitching her stand-up special. He does have a really funny line coming in. Uh I guess I won't spoil it, but they come up with a a a, a scheme to get Deborah's special on. And he cites a, a disgraced comedian. Yes. And yes. then later comes in and goes, Oh, wait. He had a whole infrastructure. And it's just the way, the way he's just like. It was a really good line reading. <laughs> really funny. It's like bad news. <laughs> it's just like, it made me laugh because I was like, no kidding. It's just very funny. Uh, yeah, no, Hacks is great. Joy, so Flight Attendant, we also had a finale of. I actually moved it off my list now. I've been vacillating back and forth. What did you replace it with? Uh, let's see. You're going to laugh at me. I for, already forgot, but let me see. Hang on. This is scintillating. It's just a little slow to get back to the, the prediction here. So I kept Minx. Okay. Why wouldn't I? And I replaced it with the after party choice. Oh, you're back on the after party. Geek. I'm back on the after party. I've still neglected to put Atlanta in or what we do in the shadows, two FX shows that are very popular and like, well, critically acclaimed. I'm just not convinced. And former nominees. And former nominees. I'm just not convinced on either of them. And I'm just hope dicting Minx still. And the after party, I feel like I'll give you this in keeping with the lord and miller uh social media onslaught they are really pushing it really really pushing it and not making sure people don't forget it and i think if that gets a number if that gets a like a not insignificant number of television academy members to watch it they will not be disappointed because like we said the show's really great so i think it was just a visibility thing to me for it so i'm putting it in i don't know yeah i the only after party nom i still have and slash hope dicting is Ben Schwartz. I think I have him too. So Flight Attendant, I knocked out only because I just was like, man, the finale is very silly. It's it's definitely, like you said- It's so silly. Like like you said, it's definitely a comedy. For anybody who is like, Flight Attendant's a drama, no. Just watch the finale, please. It's just so silly. It's incredibly silly. I believe uh, in our column, you called it daffy. And I'm like, that's a perfect word for it. It's just very daffy. And I felt like while Hacks sticks the, I, I felt like the flight attendant and Hacks were similar in that the early episodes, there were some highs and lows and you're wondering like, how are they going to stick the landing? And Hacks completely stuck the landing and flight attendant because some of the twists were really obvious and some of the twists were so absurd that you would never have predicted it. And then it had real no bearing on the plot. I found like a little frustrating, I guess, specifically with uh, the podcaster character, which I know is like a contentious- Podcast girl, yeah. Podcast so girl. the thing with Flight Attendant, my relationship with Flight Attendant, like since season one has always been, I don't think they're actually amazing at 
the espionage stuff like they're actually better at the character stuff yeah um like Kaylee's always been great on the show like from season one um and she's even better this season but yeah like all the character work with Cassie this season was really good like Sharon Stone like the way like she brought her in and then um her final phone call with Sharon um in the finale was really touching and moving as well and like all the stuff with her, like her sobriety and that beach scene with Sharia Gashley, like I think the character work is really well done. And I don't watch it as a spy show. Like as a spy show, I don't, it's not like Alias or like the first like two and a half seasons of Alias, you right. know? Um, just kind of like, like a fun, like entry point for you. Cause there is like a mystery involved and you're like, what's going on? Like who, who done it? And like, who's like the double which is both Cheryl Himes and Mae Martin. Um, and yeah, and like they wrapped that up like pretty quickly in the finale. And then it was like this other twist of Podcast Girl for like the le- next like 20 minutes. You None know? of that worked to me. I and, just then, like... and then like a nice Vegas wedding for Annie and Max. Right. I felt like, I mean, we read, I think you read me something or was in the, in the uh, after show that they, like uh, Kelly Quagga was like, I think we need one more twist. And this is what they came up with. And I would say all respect. Oh, and they brought, they brought um, uh, Buckley back because that was like the They brought thing. Buckley back. That was like the, one cool. of the twists, which they didn't spoil in the opening credits, which I really appreciated that they managed to save him for the end because they do the guest stars in the opening credits. And uh, Colin Woodall, is it Woodall? I think he was, uh, he was not mentioned in the opening credits. So that was a nice surprise. But yeah, I just didn't think that really worked. I felt like it got too silly. It didn't really forward the character at all. And it was like a red herring that they disposed with after the mystery which felt weird because like you said like the whole season is about doubles and cassie's doubles and she has multiple doubles may martin and then also cheryl hines the cheryl hines one was incredibly obvious i think we i call that like second episode or whatever right it just seemed like so no kidding that she's like a villain uh spoilers for flight attendant i guess <laughs> if you're sorry after we've been talking about it for seven minutes so. um no but uh so like that felt really obvious and then they dispose of all that and then to have the last twist be like such a minor, like silly, frankly, twist just was like, I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't like sour the whole season for me, but it just felt like they had a lot of strands that never came together. The, the Rosie Perez stuff too, like that story, her story never tied into the main story, really. No, I mean, we've talked about this and it, it felt like they just wanted to keep Rosie Perez on the show, like Rosie, great lover, but I like that could have been like a thread they closed in season one and like she could just been they, they could just like you know talk about her and like right and something. so they never really they kind of alluded to maybe that being like a third double right the uh the the female assassin I forget her name and the actress's name but like that was like she had like a blonde wig she ran into Kaylee in in Germany so it was like oh maybe she's like part of this but she was a part of an entirely separate conspiracy theory that they just like wrapped up and yeah I don't know so like we were saying I absolutely think that show could be finished uh, as a series finale, basically the way. And, and Kaylee, before the season premiere, when she was doing press, like she's talked about how she's not sure if there'll be a third season. Like she seems or sounds like she'd be content if this was it for the show. And I read an interview with EW with like, I think Steve Yaki and the other showrunner who was not on the first season, I believe, but on this season. And she was like, oh, I have a lot of ideas for the third season if there is one. But you could easily see a scenario where just is either like we said like uh zoja mammoth spinoff show where they're doing like heart to heart basically which they reference i think in the in the finale yeah right 
and then uh which would be really fun honestly uh because her chemistry with that i i'm blanking all the names right so who's the actor who plays her, her now husband? uh dennis uh Adonis? really fun just yeah. love that love that performance love that character love that actor the two of them together have great chemistry that'd be a fun show and you could have like cassie as like a guest star basically I feel like you could do that as a spinoff. You could continue like in the vein of flight attendant doing like those like, like airport novels as TV shows, a lot of different ways you go. You could do a third season, I guess, but it does feel like at what point does the show start to get repetitive? Like Cassie obviously fell off the wagon in this season and then got back on it and like had like a breakthrough with her mom. Like how many times, like, what are you going to have with the character? Like, where does she go? I guess. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And also obviously they use the mind palace you know, that's part of, that's one of their centerpieces. So like, right, and right. I thought what they did this season with just having Cassie's in there um, instead of like the victim, like the first season was good, but I'm like, what would be in season three? Like who would be in her mind palace, I guess. I don't know. And then they're going not... to go back to a victim. Like, right. I don't know. So it doesn't, I, I, I would not be upset if it was not, if that's the final episode, I think it was a good season overall. I do think like the finale, maybe people would be like, what is going on here? And I knocked it out for after party. That said, you had yeah, mentioned this I, a lot. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I still have it in there, but like I'm thinking about dropping it, but I don't know what I would replace. The problem it. is there's like a lot of other shows that you could put in, yeah. but none of them have really had a lot of reach, right? And then like, how do you pick which one? But I wanted to say, you were saying about uh, Kaylee, just an incredible actress and a great performance that somehow will not win an Emmy because Jean Smart is just dominating <laughs> on acts. She's, she's probably not going to win anything, like any award for this. It's like terrible timing because she had to deal with Catherine O'Hara at the end of her Schitt's Creek run last winter. And then we thought like Catherine's gone for the Emmys last year. Here comes Kaylee. <laughs> and then Jean Smart's like, hi. <laughs> Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> Such a bummer because so. she's so good. And like Kelly Cuoco does a great job. I think with the, it's very funny and she really nails the character. I think she just has that character. So like, she just understands what to do with Cassie as a character. And then the drama stuff is really great. The phone call at the end of Sharon Stone definitely give Sharon Stone a, a, a guest actress nomination. I feel like for a comedy series, if not the win. Mm-hmm. Love her. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think Flight Attendant got nine nominations last year. Um, so I don't know. I think it will go down this year, but I don't know what that tally would be. Like, I think Kaylee can get in again. I would be uh, shocked I, if she doesn't get in, honestly. Yeah. I don't know about writing or directing. The, directing is good. Directing is great. And it's still really fun. And like, they do like, it's not as if I think there was originality factor in the first season because it was like of the, the different panels and stuff and the way this they tell the yeah. story, but it still is like a really well done uh, show and I feel like it's like the directing is, is top top grade so I could see getting in there I don't know about writing I just think it's a more competitive year yeah for sure um yeah it also depends on like the number of submissions of like other shows right. as well um just the so. last comedy we can talk about not in our prediction center yet but you found this last night by looking at the Disney uh for your consideration site Hawkeye yeah um comedy series submitted as a comedy when i checked a couple weeks ago um they hadn't listed any categories yet for any of their shows when i but also when i was doing this a couple weeks ago uh that was when i discovered that netflix was going to split stranger things because i went on their site uh seven two because they were submitting chapter seven for multiple categories so i was like 
because they were very cagey about what the split was going to be. And you know, it's funny about that choice is after you, you mentioned that and we talked about it, I doubt anybody from Netflix was watching this, but if they were, perhaps they changed their minds because when I went back to show somebody else that, to it say like, gone. oh, if they had removed the, ep- because they had like the episode titles for like directing for episode seven, which I think is like Massacre at whatever. I forget what the lab. The lab, like Hawkins right? Lab or something. Hark- Hawkins Lab. And like they had removed all the designations of what the episode titles were. So it was just like directing the Duffer Brothers. So that was before they revealed that it was going to be seven and then two. So maybe that FYC site got the jump on, broke their own personal embargo or whatever. I'm like splitting. And then when you showed the person that they were like, you're such a liar. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's back now, right? I haven't been back to it since, but I haven't been back to it. I think it's back now since now everyone knows it's seven, two, but anyway, yeah, Disney, I like was checking again last night cause I was bored. And also, cause I was like, tomorrow's the last day of eligibility. Let's see if they like finally updated it. And they did like all their uh, submissions, their programs and they're including Chippendale rescue Rangers. Love that. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye is in comedy. So, so a, I actually really like that. Uh, it is a funny show. It was, it was there definitely a lot of laughs, a uh, lot provided by Florence Pugh and, and Haley Steinfeld. So, you know, what's funny. So last week, my friend and I were doing our TCA awards nominations ballot. And we were discussing like options for individual achievement in a drama. And then we were talking about like Hawkeye and then we we're talking about Haley. And then we were like, oh, but she was more comedic. Um, and then like last year I had nominated uh, Elizabeth Olsen in drama and Katherine Hahn in comedy for WandaVision. <laughs> so, right. so then now like what, like five days later or whatever, like Hawkeye is in comedy <laughs> and Haley Seinfeld is a lead actress in a comedy series contender. So she has two then, cause she's also for, for uh, Dickinson's Dickinson. final season. Yeah. I, I don't have her getting in. I could make the argument actually for Lawrence Pugh. It remains an incredibly crowded category. But I mean, I had her in for a limited actress, limited series actress. I don't know if she gets switched and we actually are doing that. I maybe would put her in. I don't know who I would take out though, because like we're saying, like right now I have Hannah Einbinder, Hannah Waddingham, Sarah Goldberg, Alex Borstein, Juno Temple, Janelle James, Cheryl Lee Ralph, and Kate McKinnon. I don't want to lose my Abbott Elementary stars because I love them so, but I guess they're probably the most vulnerable of that first eight. Yeah. And I don't even know if like Florence could get in just because she's Florence, like on the strength of being Florence Pugh, no matter how great she was. Like comedy is just tougher in general than limited. Um, like, I mean, I didn't have Hawkeye getting into limited series. No, so. I didn't. I wouldn't, I would, but I had Florence in. So now I'm looking at, so Florence Pugh gone, I guess I'll put just to, to jump. We're not doing limited series, but if I have to take her out, my list right now is Jennifer Coolidge, Andy McDowell, Caitlin Deaver, Faith Hill from 1883 and Juno Temple from The Offer, Joyce. So I guess I'll put Connie Britton in for White Lotus and call it a life. I don't know. I mean, sure. I guess I'm just going to have to go with three White Lotus ladies. In that. Yeah, you have Alexander Daddario. I don't have her in yet, uh, but I'll put um, Connie Britton in for sure. I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in Supporting Limited. Um, not to go on a complete tangent here, but I like remember last year, like it was kind of unclear as well, but they had Hamilton to fall back on. Right. And then they just went We ham- don't have a Hamilton this year. <laughs> No, they went ham on Hamilton, Joyce, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's so Hawkeye. I don't know. I'm not going to put it anywhere. How about for our pals, Rescue Rangers? We love that. Um, Rescue Rangers should be winning Best TV Movie. So, um, and they're, they're campaigning John Mulaney and Andy Samberg for voiceover performance. 
and no J.K. Simmons, which I think is a, is, is a slight. He was a star as Captain Putty in that Great. movie. Um, Who, how would you but, pick between Andy Samberg and John Mulaney, Joyce? I would nominate both of them, but I don't know wow. who I would give for the win. <laughs> uh, I would probably go Samberg myself. I, he definitely, I feel like he probably had more to do because like it opens with his narration and everything. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, back to comedy series. If I take Flight Attendant out, I don't know yeah. what I would replace it with, so. It's tough. I mean, like, do you have What We Do in the Shadows and, and Atlanta in? I have Atlanta. I don't have What We Do in the Shadows. So I so could I mean, just default to What We Do in the Shadows. That seems to be, like, what people would expect, right? Like, um, yeah, I guess. Um, there's also, like, I don't have The Great in. Um, I don't either. There's Reservation Dogs, which I don't know if it's, like, it's critically acclaimed, but I don't know if it's, like, like big enough like the profile right. is actually big enough um there's our guys from the after party in 13th <laughs> uh insecure i don't know russian doll all the way in 18th we've talked about, about russian we haven't even talked about it do you have natasha leone getting in i have natasha so my lead actress oops so I have Jean, Kaylee, Quinta Brunson, Sarah Lancashire for Julia, Rachel Brosnahan, and Natasha Leone. Nice. I have those. I have all of them except for Natasha, and I have uh, Selena Gomez. Oh, you put Selena in. I did. Uh, I know that it's not going to be on in time, but I just think that people really like that show, and I think she could get in. Did you have you seen the season two screeners? I haven't yet, actually. I have not watched them. Okay. I, I I stuck with my. Uh, you, like not watching only that. i was shocked you watched the hack screeners you know what we're kind of like, running out of stuff to watch joyce thankfully it has been an unbearable uh amount of tv and then this yeah. week we're like oh well, we caught up on this caught up on that everything is done and now we could just like I'll watch the hacks finale i guess that's good um yeah season two of murders is i've i've seen the screeners so it's good um i don't know if selena can do it i mean i have both steve martin and martin shorten an actor so I still have Jake Johnson in. <laughs> wow. For actor. Um, Me too, honestly. I'm, yeah, I have my guy Bill Hader winning. Me course. too. I think we have like the same picks. And I moved Hannah Einbiter into first for, for supporting. Wow. We didn't even talk about Ted Lasso here. Uh, certainly the favorite, I guess, still. It's just like I've said many times, it just feels like not a lot of people are, they're just not as excited about Ted Lasso at the moment because it's been off the air for almost a year. Yeah, and also with a different field this year um, right. with like returning shows that didn't have to go up against last year. So um, I have I put Sarah Goldberg in first. In, wow. I'm not sure that that has yeah. enough. I don't know. I, I didn't put her in first. I have her, I think, in third. I, I, my computer my, my, my computer crashed here, Joyce, so uh, the browser does wow. not work. But uh, So I can't check exactly where she is at this moment on May 31st which is a Tuesday as we've established, yep. but uh, I do have her in there. I just don't think, I don't know. Is it like loud enough to get a win? I don't know. It's not bad predicting it, but I don't know if it is. No, I, it's more of like a hope diction yeah. and she should have won for season two because she had the monologue in season two when she, the season she has that speech at the Joplin premiere. Um, mm -hmm. So last couple, the five, six, she 
doesn't she doesn't have a lot to do but you can really like feel her frustration when Joplin gets canceled because of the algorithm after 12 hours um just an incredible takedown of streaming services the what what it's like to live in the age of streaming services um like it wasn't even like satire because it's like it's real <laughs> like, um and yeah this week uh incredible episodes she's not in it a lot seven ten north um but she has a, a great scene we should start an fic campaign for beignets by mitch because mm-hmm. uh you don't watch barry but the her character she barry and noho hank uh, they all frequent beignets by Mitch because that's like the hot shop in town, like line down the block to get these beignets by Mitch. And he's just like a, a therapist for everyone. Like literally every customer goes to his store and he shares these words of wisdom to everybody, to all three of them and all three of them just completely ignore him. The episode is just like, you know, the show in, in general is like people just making terrible choices because you also have Fuchs. Once again, turning down a life with goats and a beautiful woman to exact revenge on Barry. <laughs> like, um, so a great episode, the, the chase at the end, amazing. You have to get Bill Hader to direct an Emmy, so. I'll watch it, I'll watch it. It's on my list. Right? You should I'm just too, watch this episode. I'm too busy watching Stranger Things for a third time. No, not no. yet, not yeah. yet, not yet. Uh, anything else on comedy before we wrap up here? Um, should we do supporting actor? Do you still have, Brett Goldstein in first because I still do I do I think that he is the one uh he is the one Ted Lasso contender who I would remain in first place for me it's a great performance people love Roy Kent and also there's not a there's not an alternative that is very obvious right like Hacks and Barry are like great strong alternatives for comedy series and for actor with bill Hader over uh, over uh, jason sudeikis there are just because there's so many barry contenders there i feel like none of them like rate higher than than brett to me yeah that's my problem because i think like henry winkler was really strong in the first two episodes and right now like he's the only character who has like things uh going the best for him sort of um He's, he's learning that you just can't apologize and have people forgive you, even though like doing an apology tour really makes you feel good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like he's, he's getting all these offers. He's on Laws of Humanity and uh, Noho Hank, Anthony Kerrigan, always great. Uh, and Stephen Root, yeah, he's like finally coming back into picture with his revenge army. So I, I still have all three getting in, but I don't know if like one of them would stand out in the way that like Brett did last year amongst right. like the Ted Lasso guys. And he also had the benefit of season two airing, which was like super about him. That and was, I think the big thing. And, episode. Right. And like, while I've said having no Ted Lasso means that it only hurt. I still think like the category itself helps Brett Goldstein. If I was picking my personal choice, it would be our boy Ben Schwartz though. Just absolutely with my the bullet number Schwartz. one. Love. I feel like I can't drop him now because I'm going to pull a you. I talked yes. to him. <laughs> but I already had him in my predictions before I talked to him. <laughs> but he was amazing. We talked about <laughs> everything, um, including him writing Hugh Jackman's Oscar opening for which he won an Emmy. Yes. Um, and then I made him spell diarrhea. So if you want to watch Ben Schwartz struggle to spell diarrhea, I've got the interview for you. 
Perfect. Like love it so time. much. Yes. Joyce, I love that you, you're doing, I love that you pulled a me. It makes I know, me so like happy. Me. <laughs> it makes me so happy. No judgment. I love it. Pull a me. It's great. I feel so good. I got Joe Alwyn in there. Still talking. I know. Pin, pin this on other people. Who have you talked to in the past week that you're predicting now? Well, Allison Oliver and Joe Alwyn from Conversation with the Friends. I could <laughs> maybe put Jemima Kirk in now that I bo- bo- pumped uh, Florence Pugh out. Now you have room. You have so much room. <laughs> I have so much room. So I can put her in. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. It's, you know, you talk to these people, you find out about their craft. It's really, it's really enlightening. But Ben Schwartz rules and like, oh man, I hope he gets in. So good. I know. If he I feel gets like in, I need to go down with the ship now. So let me ask you this. If he gets in, does, can he actually win? I wonder, I see that's the thing. Like, I think for him, getting a nomination would be the hardest part. I could really make a case for him winning because he's so fun and nice. And I think will be very visible as a campaigner. Like Ted Lasso, the other issue or an issue with the show is that I think they're in production now. Like, I think they're still shooting it now. So it's like people like Brett Goldstein and Juno Temple are going to be busy shooting the show when they could be doing like, you know, campaigning stuff maybe. And Ben Schwartz is like, hell yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, So if he gets in, I think that could be good. Yeah. Well, also like it'll be, cause we have no idea. I mean, we have no idea what any of the voters are watching really. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. And if they do, well, that's what I was saying about like getting in for after party, not to make this an after party podcast, but like the visibility of it is the toughest hurdle because I think when people watch it, they would actually really love it. It's so much fun. The cast yeah. is great. And it's like, I know really like I tell all my friends watch it and it's, they don't have Apple and right. I have to convince them to get it. And so if it gets in and like television Academy voters are faced with the idea that after party is a show they need to watch. Like if it gets in for comedy and Ben, I think that would really help make that you can make the case for Ben actually winning because if people watch it, they're forced to watch it because it was a nominee then encouraged to watch it because of the nominee, then maybe. I would feel so much better if it was like the tape system and he got in because you know, like the, whoever the panel that gets his category would have to watch his tape and like no matter who if anyone gets nominated from that show they all have a tape you know they have a tape but his tape episode yeah, his three tape, is the absolutely one. the best one <laughs> the songs are amazing it's just so good I'm- i was just i was like listening so i've been listening to the songs so many times that spotify made me a ben schwartz mix yes. <laughs> what's on it sonic the hedgehog stuff no it's like well it changes like every day so it's like those three songs from the after party it has um actually i might open it right now let me see <laughs> it has some like lonely island stuff does sound a lot like Lonely Island, uh, the, the songs, for sure. Yeah, it had some um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs mm-hmm. because it was the same songwriters. Right. So oh, it also has some, uh, our guy, Nicholas Bertel, because I've also been listening to, obviously, the Succession season three soundtrack. Right. So it's just obviously. like, basically my recent listens. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on a boat. Oh, they have Everything's Not Awesome, which uh, Ben Schwartz sure. uh, also sang on from the Lego Movie 2. Yes. They have... Nicholas Bertel, uh, Don't Look Up soundtrack that I listened to a lot over the winter. Still good. Really solid yeah. soundtrack. And uh, the West Side Story soundtrack that mm-hmm. I also listened to a lot over the winter. We love we love West Side Story, Joyce. Yes. Uh, Nicholas so, Bertel, we're going to wrap up. It, it made me, I wanted to, I think I sent this to you, doing the music for Andor, a Disney Plus Star oh, yeah, Wars series, yeah. which mm-hmm. means that you have to now watch Andor. I can just listen to it. <laughs> I think you got to watch it, see it in context of the Space Wars. Star Wars. I, I can just listen to the soundtrack and 
I mean, that's how I like listen to like uh, Lubin Gordonson's Mandalorian score. True. And Natalie Holt doing uh, Obi-Wan score. All your faves doing Star Wars. I know. You got to watch Star Wars, Joyce. It's fun. They they saw that they can win Emmys for scoring Star Wars projects. Now they're all going to fight for it. But Obi-Wan is not being submitted, Joyce. It doesn't matter. No, but she has Loki this season. So Natalie has to concentrate on Loki this year. I will say I love the music for Obi-Wan uh, on Disney Plus now for a plug and uh, really into it. But I, I do think the, oh, the Loki score is more, more, more okay. interesting to me. Love that Loki score. I know. It needs to, it should win theme and then Pratel can win score. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Joyce, we got yeah. we're, we're so far afield of comedy now. I think we should <laughs> wrap up. But uh, this is fun. Any, anything, any last words before we sign off into the LOLs? um godspeed i guess okay. last day <laughs> last day this is it hopefully your show made it on to a streaming hopefully platform you submitted everything two weeks ago when you submitted were supposed to. Yeah. yeah all right bye, like Hawkeye and comedy yeah <laughs> bye. bye for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at gold derby Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.